If you're a veteran, you put on the uniform so folks could be free. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're entitled to anything. What that means is you owe it to the future generations to continue to keep America free by going and continuing to fight to do what you know you need to do and do those little small right things that will work out in your favor. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with you today, the Knucklehead Stephen and Director of Content Strategy, Justin Sherletich. Justin, welcome to the show. How are you? Stephen. Hey, man. I'm doing awesome. Uh, what a week, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy week. We started whether you decide to release the episodes or not, but we had recorded a political show uh, called Unaffiliated that you had started. I think it's pretty cool because you know the things that you're not supposed to talk about in the business world is one of them happens to be politics. So I love that on a business podcast network like Knucklehead produces, why not have a political show? And so you came up with a great idea. I love it. I'm going to keep on talking about it so you can actually release these things instead of crawling into the shell that is otherwise known as the editing room that you're in there. I think people would like hearing what we have to say, to be honest with you. I'm in agreement. I like the show. I like the concept. I love to talk politics as much as we we don't do it currently. So I I don't know. They'll come out eventually, right? Uh, I think it was you just recently told me, it's not like we're not going to have another election in two years. Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. And it's kind of a good segue into today's topic. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, don't forget, you know, it's brought to you by Manscaped. Use the code knucklehead over at manscaped.com. You'll actually get 20% off and free shipping. But let me tell you about what I like about those folks. They, like, I never thought it would be possible at all for my feet to never smell. But they created like this incredible, I mean, we're both Marines, so we're talking, it's like we're talking shop here. But at the same time, he understands what I'm talking about. You spent those <laughs> weeks, like really several days and then weeks into the field and you, and you just come back and the, like the one thing that you can never keep dry is your socks. And so therefore everything about your feet stink. And it's unbelievable that Manscaped, like it's exactly what you would think. There's products for dudes. They help me with my feet. They actually help my feet not stink that bad. So I got a pair of boots that's like it's they're brand new because of these guys. So thankful for those folks and thankful for those guys over at Manscaped. They keep the lights on, so to speak, over here at Knucklehead Media Group. So go sponsor them. Hey, listen, the price I've been missing for, the, for this particular show. We don't ask you for anything except go support our sponsors. And if you hear a podcast that's produced by Knucklehead, whether it's Expertish or Unaffiliated or North Texas Business Forecast or any of the other ones, if you listen to a, a, one of the podcasts that Knucklehead produces, go and check those folks out. Go and hit up those hosts. They really like hearing from you. They like hearing from folks that are interested in talking to them. What's interesting about it is we've actually been getting some good feedback from Justin. You could probably tell the story a little bit better than I could, but there's one in particular. He's been getting feedback from some of his listeners. One of them in particular said, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I wasn't using my my mortgage properly. Or there was something along the lines of, long story short, he didn't know who this person yeah. was. Listen to all of his up. All right, you tell the story. Yeah. So, right. We put out Expertish, which is a, an excellent kind of a mentorship, leadership, real estate and investing style show with a, a great dude, Jay Johnson, uh, who's actually here in San Diego with me, which is cool. Just having a, a local show. And um, you, you're right. He had 
just a random listener kind of binge his content, you know, Netflix style and, and say, you know, almost like an epiphany, right? And the email, he describes it as this light bulb going off that I, I need to do this. Like, why, why am I not doing what Jay is talking about? And obviously I'm not going to give too many details, but let's just say that, I mean, it was a huge win for, for not just expertise, the show, but Jay and their wonderful business, uh, the landing collective here in San Diego, uh, they're going to do some great business with that gentleman. And really it's a testament to to how smart Jay is and, and how good his team is there at the landing collective, but also, you know, just, just how much great valuable information comes across this medium. Yeah, that's, that is pretty incredible. And it also, I mean, just to kind of keep on that same vein of, of having a conversation about politics in the workplace, right? Or politics and business. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. The experience that, that really we started talking about, you know, at the beginning of the show was we're taught not to talk about, right? And there's really three topics where we're taught as, you know, good citizens, so to speak. So your parents telling you that this is probably not a good thing to discuss with your friends or in polite society. And that's money, right? And that's politics. And that's religion. Isn't it crazy? The three things that are probably the most pivotal to your success as a business owner, or as a as an individual, the three things that you're taught not to talk about the most are probably the three things that are the most critical <laughs> to talk about with people. One, because nobody's going to show you a bank statement. Nobody's going to show you, you know, what their net worth is. Nobody's going to sit there and have these conversations with you. The reason that we talk about it on this particular show is this is Knucklehead Podcast. This is not You Did It Perfectly for the First Time podcast or, you know, some highly produced. This is not a fancy show. No, we're just we, two knuckleheads, you know. Telling our stories. There's a there's a bunch there's a bunch more to it than that. Now, I've heard a whole bunch of highly produced crap over the years. That when I say crap, I'll be specific. Somebody who would tell you a good sales methodology is to constantly be closing, right? I think everybody likes watching the movie Glenn Barry Gun Ross. They they see Alec Baldwin's character and they you know they see the brass balls scene. If you know what I'm talking about, you know, leave a comment. You know, tell me that you know, what's your favorite movie scene uh, having to do with sales? A lot of people like talk about Boiler Room. Um, you know, Ben Ben Affleck's character in that particular scene. Like these people are criminals. <laughs> these people are absolute. They're not, they're not even like those folks who sell that way. Yeah, I mean, you could be a phenomenal salesman that that does that. But in today's, I just in today's world. Folks who produce content and folks who put out, you know, high quality material, there's some not helpful information that's designed to be like it's under the guise of like high value. Like mm-hmm. if I buy my $197 ebook, you know, for and learn the secrets of what you can learn on YouTube. You know, I mean, I, there's, it's crazy. There was, um, there was a guy we had on the podcast named Chris Mead. He, de- he developed a product called CrossNet, right? CrossNet is a four-way volleyball. It was a new product. Yeah. And he approached a, a TikToker and said, hey, would you be interested in recording just a quick promo for us? We'll pay you, you know, five grand. It'll take an hour. And the guy's like, it's not worth my time. And that was like a 17-year-old kid. Wow. And so, so the thought process of, you know, $197 ebook, let's call it what it is. What you're hoping to do is you're hoping to sell a shit ton of them so you can make up your money in volume. Right. It's not it's not any more helpful to design a course or that type of thing or 
I'd say maybe the exception of that rule is a few folks on Patreon that I support that do a really good job of building community because that's their thought process. They want to be able to take their content, put it in in uh, productized form and, and get that curriculum out to the marketplace. I think that's cool. I'm getting off topic. All right. So no, you make a good point, though. There's a distinction to be made. There are a lot of great information products out there, but the market, especially right now, is flooded with what I refer to as like snake oil salesman. It's kind of the old just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. So you got an ebook, you got a Patreon, you got a podcast, you got a YouTube, you got all of this. And it's it's not really adding much value because it's regurgitated nonsense. Oh, by the way, you can join our Patreon group uh, overhead. Justin, we're <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. That's, and that's why we'll never have that. Uh, we will, over here at Knucklehead Media Group, much to Justin's dismay, I'm sure, you'll never hear us talking about hawking that type of material. You'll never hear. Why? Because it takes me. It takes him to go and make this happen. Yeah, we can teach you and train you. Yes, we can help you. But guess what it does? It takes us to be able to do that. You know, that's that's what it takes. It takes a process and it takes a system and then it also takes uh, some folks to get up there and, and help you make it happen. So if yeah, for, I, I, I agree with that. I also think if there's something that we mention on the show or, or in our newsletter in the uh, you know, on our, our blog or, you know, in our win section, uh, it's something we've done, tried, tested, truly believe in. And if we were to ever put something out, it would be much more substantive than here's a white paper for $30. You won't see that coming from Knucklehead. Yeah. That's, but yeah. back to politics real quick. You made an interesting point in a polite, quote unquote, society. We don't talk about those three things, right? Or, or that's what we've been led to believe for ever. Isn't it an interesting dichotomy then that what we see now, at least through social media or mainstream uh, media consumption is the exact opposite. The people with the largest following, the largest growth, the largest uh, soapbox, if you will, are those that are most polarizing. Yeah. I mean, you bring, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this several times before. You've asked me a couple of times, you're like, can, can you just be more edgy or can you be more, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't remember the exact words you used and the answer was no. I was like, no, I'm just going to be me, man. It's not me. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's, it's not me. Well, it's uh, not yeah. me. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Well, I get it. I get it. But my, the reality is, is we don't necessarily need to be over the top, you know, with our delivery or with our, um, just hyperbolic, so to speak, and what it is yeah. our claims were. Let me tell you a story here real quick. Right. And, and then I'll get into, uh, why this is a particular topic for today. All right. So 2016 election, I was working, I was, uh, I was a sales leader for an ag tech startup down in Austin. Now this ag tech startup came from an existing business. Like we see, it was, a, it had been a, a very successful business in the brokerage space for, for some time and for several decades, really. And so a lot of that type of business is predicated on your relationship and you can leverage relationship, you can develop relationships and a lot of relationship you know, whether we like to admit it or not, in some cases it's built in friction. It's built on friction, right? So folks that are in sales, uh, we try to look for ways to kind of artificially manufacture all these, you know, these, these contorted um, perspectives with certain people to, to develop a relationship. And you do it have to, sometimes you have to do it out of thin air. And it's not, it's not good, bad, and different. It just is what it is. 
Um, and if you're a sales guy uh, or a sales gay, gal out there, uh, you know what it is that I'm talking about. It's a skill set, soft skill that's, that's required. There's some pace to it. Long story short is it's also a very high trust environment. So if you step over the line and you violate trust, you have a difficult time getting it back and that can severely impact your pocketbook. And so you have to be very, very careful on how you do this. So here I was, you know, relatively new to this particular industry. And I was trying to uh, establish myself as a, you know, as a, as a force to be reckoned with in that business. And in conjunction with that, I also was going to be a change agent for this new business. And I was going to bring on new sales folks. I, I was trying new things and really, you know, trying to get hit my groove. Well, it turns out if you really want to develop momentum, if you really want to develop pace, if you really want to add volume on top of what it is that you're doing, you have to be able to trust the culture in which you're, you're a part of as an organization. Yeah. And um, HR at that company didn't agree the same way that I did politically. And, you know, my politics, not necessarily, they don't define me, but my conservative values kind of come through in how I communicate with folks, how I, you know, how I'm interacting with people. It's not that I'm trying to project, you know, my conservatism, so to speak, on somebody. But when folks were showing up to, to work in the future as female shirts, I was like, oh, okay, cool. All right. But they're telling me exactly how they feel right now, which is not bad. That's fine. I'm, I'm hopeful that there's going to be a, a, a woman president in the future, but not because she's a female, but because the merit of her ideas and her leadership qualities, you know, um, will be the reason why she's president. You know, just like I hope whomever's elected president, whenever we find out who, how this election turns out, it's, it's because of the same way, right? It, it's a merit basis of meritocracy. It's going to be based exactly. off of merit. And, uh, and I remember as a leader in an organization, people always look to you for how you respond whenever there's adversity, whenever there's issues, whenever there's turmoil. And, and we were just leaving San Francisco from a sales conference and she was there and she was flipping out about the current Republican candidate for president and the way he was conducting himself. And I remember I'm thinking to myself, our business is based on relationships and here you are flipping out you know, freaking out on a plane, screaming at me about something a Republican candidate for president said, just because you know that I happen to be conservative. And I'm like, listen, I, that's not me. I, yeah, I agree. It was kind of a crappy thing for him to say. I really don't agree with him behaving that way. But I also don't agree with you screaming at me on the plane in front of 200 other people. Mrs. You were April. that extension. You were yeah, so it's just, it just, it's, it just goes back to that, that, that awkwardness and uncomfortableness that if you don't have a supportive culture of the war, if you don't have a, that supportive, and I say supportive, I mean, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not asking for a safe space here. I'm saying if there's not a, uh, a, a like if they're not modeling the behavior that they expect, come on now. You, you know, you know, I, I wish on. the term safe space wasn't hijacked because really what you're talking about is a, a safe space. It's a, it's a, it's an environment that allows employees or team members and, and shareholders to feel comfortable in their own skin, whether that be politically um, orientation wise, any of those great identifying factors that we love to divide each other by that that's what you want in a healthy work environment, you know, and, and if that's a safe space, then whatever. And, you know, we can uh, debate what a safe space is, but, um, that's that's really what we want. That's the type of community you want to foster within your organization in order for people to feel not just safe, but but productive and wanted and part of, uh, you know, a, a larger family instead of just this kind of stupid employee employer relationship 
that so many of us uh, just settle into. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And the reality is, is that, you know, we help that company make a boatload of cash, right? So we, we help them make a boatload <laughs> of money because that's what we're supposed to do. And so I, it's funny, I took my son to, to DC yeah, the, the following year after the election <laughs> and, uh, and Trump had just opened up a hotel uh, in DC. And so I went to the hotel and as a joke, especially since, since, since this had happened back and forth, I actually put on Trump hotel letterhead. I had the staff write to my good friend and I put the owner of the company on there to my good friend and it signed, you know, signed the Donald. Uh, and I put it in Trump. (laughs) And I brought it to him and I said, Hey, listen, I, y'all, y'all made me so welcome here. I just, I wanted you to know that I brought you back a gift from DC. uh, It was so funny. And nobody agreed with my political views at that, at that particular business, but it is what it is. And so, and I say all that to say that, you know, your culture, what, what is it? Like politics is just upstream of culture, you know, and I don't know how that, that that's supposed to work. But what I do know is, is I also at, uh, at a different business had, had, I had had somebody work for me who was completely over the top in their conservative values. They were like coming over the top of the head and smacking folks upside the head, so to speak, with what they had done the weekend before and how they were judging other folks for just being completely inappropriate. And it's like, time out, hold up for a second. We had to go through some, you know, just some, some counseling thing. It was just a, it was a difficult situation to have to deal with. Eventually, you know, they were not necessarily a culture fit, but my whole point is, is it almost doesn't matter what your, what your beliefs are. You can talk about it tastefully, right? You can talk about it so long as it, it doesn't, interfere with your productivity and it doesn't end up hijacking the whole purpose for you being there to begin with. Whole purpose you're there at work is to create income for the yeah, company. You know, I, I used to hear that a lot, actually. Um, when I got my first job out of the Marine Corps, I started at the Social Security Administration, right? And uh, what Marine Corps infantryman lands inside the Social Security Administration? I, I don't know. I, I Obviously, the first and only one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously, my my politics didn't fall in line with every single person who worked there because we're all individuals. We all believe different things and and quite the opposite of your story where you had someone kind of in your face with their politics. I actually made some amazing friends on the other political spectrum, by just sitting down and discussing, you know, topics that we we didn't necessarily agree on. We, We didn't see eye to eye on things like white privilege. Now, I would never in my right mind tell someone, yeah, that's a great topic to discuss at work. But for us, we were able to be productive. We were, you know, we had a great relationship. We knew both of us, no one was coming from an angry place. You know, it was a discussion. And it's actually the, the gal that I'm talking about. We're great friends. Even to this day, I've been gone from social security for so many years now. We still chat. I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Um, if we're going to put labels on certain things, let's just call, let's just call it what it is. And the, the reality is, is let's talk about our American privilege, our American privilege of being able to be in the greatest country on the planet, the freest, you know, most prosperous, most incredible freedom loving country on the planet. I mean, you and I both spent a lot of time at a bunch of different countries where if you walk up to a checkpoint and you don't necessarily are, if you don't have the uniform on of the person who's essentially in charge of that checkpoint, you're going to get a gun pulled and you're going to get, you're going to get, you know, shook down and you're going to get, you're going to feel very uncomfortable and violated going through that particular checkpoint unless you know how to conduct yourself. Right. And whenever you go into other people's countries, I mean, we're, we're taught this in the Marine Corps. I've, I've forgotten half of it. It's you orient yourself and you, you know what the culture is and you kind of observe what it is and you 
you adjust accordingly. You know what yeah, I mean? Of course. I mean, it, there's all types of, you know, the, the classes that we went through, whether they be Arabic training, you know, for our deployments to Iraq, uh, even cultural sensitivity classes like you know, the whole reason Marines use knife hands is because most of them do not, them meaning Iraqi civilians do not use one finger to point. It's, I forget what it is. It's ill mannered at, at the very least. I know there's something specifically wrong about it, but uh, that's why we always point with the knife hand, right? So just things like that. And I think, you know, that's a good segue into kind of assimilating into your culture at work where you kind of, you've got to read the room, right? I have also worked with people that were hyper-partisan, whether they be on the left or the right. And one of the worst ones actually was somebody who was extremely conservative that would just not quit. That's all they talked about, right? And, and would not listen to another single viewpoint. It was constant barrage all day long of conservative talking points that even as a conservative person myself was like, ah, come on, man, you are killing me. Like you were <laughs> like, can we just get some work done? Yeah. I mean, it, it all comes back down to that. I mean, really where the rubber meets the road is not all bets are off the table. Cannot talk about certain topics or cannot have, you know, sidebar conversations related to certain things that folks, you know, want to talk about. Uh, the reality is, is you have to be able to say, all right, of the 37 things that need to get done over the course of this eight hour period of time, how many of them got done? Okay. We got them done. Cool. Fantastic. How many of those 37 involve other departments or other I mean, this is this is so generic. I, I'm th to be specific. There's one example where I remember. So as soon as I got out of the Marine Corps, I was doing some personal training. This is crazy, but I was doing personal training, and we had, you? We had just yeah. And so I was doing personal training, and I was doing some. It was I, there was something there was something along the lines of I just I wasn't a fan of the way that this guy was. Like whenever he was, so he owned a business, and at the time I I was running a business too, but I was working my ass off trying to get clients and I was up at 4 a.m. you know coaching a, a boot camp and then I would go and do personal you know personal individual training sessions and I could take like a little bit of a nap and catch up on some food and then at lunchtime that was a hot spot like it was crazy I was going around the clock but yeah. this guy was running a business and he was like he just they almost it was almost like he looked down on what I was doing because he didn't appreciate like how difficult it was the reality was is he came for money he didn't necessarily it's not that he didn't earn what he had because he had, he was, he was doing good things with, with what he had, but the majority of the foundation that he was able to build his enterprise on was because his parents had done right by him and made very good, responsible decisions and put him in a position to be successful for that. Trust me, that's exactly what I want for my kids. Exactly yeah. what I want to be able to do for my children. But the way in which he conducted himself in that whole posture was very off-putting. Cause I'm, cause I'm telling him, listen, there's, there's things that you're doing that are not taking care of yourself. He was, just wasn't being responsible with his decision-making outside of the hour or two that we were seeing each other throughout the week. And it was affecting his performance there. And it was starting to, other things were starting to come apart at the seams from a casual observer, because you talk about things whenever you're working out. Yeah. But the reality is, it's like, it was, it was tough to say, all right, I can't, I can't really affect the change that I'd like to in this individual. And the whole time, it's not even reciprocated. So there, there wasn't an alignment of interests other than a monetary transaction and maybe some exchange of uh, physical help. 
but that was it. So, you know, this is Knucklehead Podcast. What do you do to learn from the mistakes that you've made in the past? As it relates to business, it's helpful to be able to apply the expectation alignment on the front end of, a, of any type of agreement. And then put some accountability measures on the back end to make sure that you are accountable to both parties. And if there's multiple folks, then how does the party have visibility and transparency into that? And sometimes that means you got to talk about, <laughs> you got to talk about some things that are fairly uncomfortable. Stephen, you're really jogging my memory right now because Knucklehead Media Group, obviously you know, but the the listeners, you're probably right now seeing marketing collateral and things coming out for a new show called Upward Spiral. And one of the very first topics that we talked with them and, and a great guest that they had on Robert Nickel is essentially the alignment of values between a customer and a business. And so what I'm hearing you say kind of mirrors what what Rob was telling Cody and Davin is that, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta say no to a client or a customer or, hey, and you know, you really have to have that discussion, like you're talking about, whether it's a discovery phase or it's just an alignment phone call or, or however you want to label it. There's got to be some type of discussion about culture, about, you know, I, I hate to say, you know, like values and morals or ethics, not, not, not anything that esoteric, but, you know, just, do your visions align? Are you guys going or traveling uh, in the same direction with the same goals, with the same, you know, with complementary cultures? It, it, we'll say that, you know, can you work together well? Yeah. No, I mean, this is not quite a podcast, right? This is not, you did it perfectly for the first time podcast. And, <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not under type of any type of delusion thinking that, you know, we're going to perfectly align with some folks uh, from a value standpoint going forward. Yet, that's the standard. Yeah, it's the standard. And that's the standard that needs to inform the uh, values alignment on the front end. There is a, uh, there's somebody who we do some work with here that, um, you know, we talk about a, a discussion about, you know, some behavior that's, uh, that was less than stellar. And this is, this is also coming out right around the time for Veterans Day. So we need to be real specific here. If you're a veteran, you know, and you got some stuff going on outside of, you know, your, uh, your family, the relationship that you have with your significant other. Listen, you may think you're in the moment, but the reality is, is that that character flaw, that, that challenge that you're, you know, that standard that you're all of a sudden holding yourself lower to as you're traveling around, doing your, doing your business, you know, running around doing your thing, it's going to come out. Not only will it come out, it'll come out in some way, shape, or form with the folks that you do business with or the folks that somebody, trust me, it, all, it always comes out. And not only does it always come out, it never is in the way, it, the timing's always going to be jacked up, the timing's <laughs> going to be screwed up, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to bite you in the ass. So you may Unfortunately, we know a couple of people like that where, and I'm under no delusion, like you said, that uh, our community being veterans is somehow superior to any other community as much as we like to think that sometimes where, yeah, I mean, things come out, right? It, it, we're, we're all human. They're human. And, um, we, you and I found out that, uh, maybe our values, maybe knuckleheads values don't necessarily align with, with some of those individuals that, you know, we wanted to work with, or, uh, in the situation that you're talking about without naming names, you know, someone we are doing business with kind of gave us a heads up that said, Hey, you know, I've had this experience with so-and-so we did our due diligence and now it looks like we're, we will not be moving forward with uh, potentially another client. Yeah. Th those are all things incredibly important to, 
not just prospecting, but just kind of the the overall health of your business. Because if you do bring on those clients that are are bad for you or bad for the business, bad for you know specifically, let's say we did bring on that person and, and they cause issues, they you know they're, they're not a great fit. How does that make our employees feel? You know, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, without having those difficult conversations, we just had somebody come in and, mm-hmm. and talk with us a little bit earlier about, uh, uh, I think it was last week, where we talked about what it is that we're doing for, from a strategy standpoint. And without those difficult conversations, those uncomfortable conversations, or, you know, what happens behind closed doors, without, without those three things that you're not supposed to talk about, without discussing them with folks that you're supposed to kind of go back to back with and go get some things done with, you're kind of up a creek, right? And when I say up a creek, it all is going to catch up with you eventually and your thing will become a thing that you used to do. It's either going to go away or it doesn't stand the test of time. And I'm, I'm, maybe I'm being, you know, I just don't, I just don't, you just don't see it a whole lot. I just don't see a whole lot. I mean, we're very specifically being kind of obtuse here because we don't want to call anybody out and hurt any, hurt any feelings. Right. But, but the thing, but, the reality is, is our listeners probably know what we're talking Like we're talking about, oh, if you don't talk they about, they know one or two people that fit exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, our just encouragement to the, to your listeners is, you know, and honestly, from an engagement standpoint, I mean, it's, it's funny. We're talking about a uh, presidential election right now. And, you know, it's during that time. Can you think back a few years back whenever there was uh, somebody in the Oval Office that reduced the office down to what what carried the news waves for a long time? I remember when I was growing up and Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, that was happening. That was a, a very unfortunate set of circumstances that very, quite frankly, could have been avoided. A lot of those small decisions when no one's looking, a lot of those little tiny decisions towards the right as opposed to the incorrect or the wrong, that the value of inertia will work for you if you do a lot of the small things right, right? If you do enough of the small things wrong, I mean, you're going to come out. I mean, it's going to come out and it's going to come back to bite you. You've just perfectly described what essentially integrity is, right? I mean, integrity is not always being honest and upright. I mean, that's part of it, but it's always, you know, it's the little things. It's when nobody's looking, the inertia, I like how you describe that, the inertia of the right things, you know, propelling you in that correct direction. That's it. That's it for today, guys. I mean, we can sit here and talk for an hour and be super general and you're going to get uh, annoyed and we're going to fast forward <laughs> and go to the, uh, to the last, uh, to the last episode where we had somebody who was super specific about observe, orient, decide, act. Dave Burke, he just smoked it. It was fantastic. Was Dave Burke not the greatest? Uh, that guy's amazing. That guy um, is amazing. Before we go, uh, it is Tuesday. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. We're both Marine Corps veterans. I, I want to say thank you, Stephen, for being an awesome, uh, just a veteran entrepreneur yourself, uh, allowing me this platform. And uh, thank you, listeners. I, I know just looking at our demographics, a lot of our listeners, uh, because we run in these circles, are veterans as well. Thank you for your service. We do this so that you guys learn from our mistakes. If you want to reach out to us, like Stephen said, like, subscribe, leave us a review wherever you're listening. Hit me up, justin at knucklehead.agency, or shoot my boss here, Stephen, uh, a good email. Tell him what we're right about. Tell him what we're wrong. Just stay engaged. Stay awesome. Happy Veterans Day. Well said. That's it, y'all.
Don't be a bait about the process. It's not going to be easy. Our ask to you is just go out and get some wins. Iteratively, those small little steps that you get, what we were just talking about before, those small little steps, even though if you're looking up at the election totals right now and you're thinking, oh my gosh, the person I didn't vote for is going to be in the office. Ah, what are you going to do about it tomorrow? Like, what is your small step towards moving towards your overall goal for the month? What are you going to do tomorrow about that? Does that really have that much to do with you? Unless you're an aide in whatever administration, like, get real. It's probably not going to affect you that much if you do something about it tomorrow. Now, if you don't, I think it was one of our biggest supporters in British Parliament that said, all it takes for evil to prevail is for enough good men to do nothing. And so that's a that was a silent call to action for enough good men, right? So the qualifier was good, and he was very specific about it at the time, man. So we could update it a little bit if we wanted to. A good person. Good person <laughs> to do nothing. And the reality is, is you can give yourself permission to do that. Or you can cry in your Wheaties. You still have that choice. That's what's great about being an American. That's what I love about it. You can screw up and tomorrow's a new day. So that's not meant to be cheesy and you know inspirational. It's meant to be legitimately like, or do you have your whiteboard in front of you? Do you have your, you know, do you have your, your, uh, I just, uh, for those of you who are, <laughs> listening and not watching. I dropped my phone on the desk because I just picked up my my planner. But my point is, do you have it there? And I'm I'm not even showing you that. I'm I'm calling myself out. I've got to sit there and be focused and, and, and get some stuff done. So the reality is, is if you're a veteran, you put on the uniform so folks could be free. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're entitled to anything. What that means is you owe it to the future generations to continue to keep America free by going and continuing to fight to do what you know you need to do and do those little small right things and they will get, that will work out in your favor. So with that, Justin, anything else, man? Anything we want to leave these folks with? Yep. Knuckleheadpodcast.com slash shop. Grab your COVID-19 Survivor t-shirt. They're awesome. And we will see you next week. See you guys.